We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest has jumped over the scores table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast presented as always by DraftKings.com. It is Thursday, September 13th. Nick Whalen here with the great James Anderson. We have a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to do NBA season award predictions. We're going to do a couple other just kind of grab bag predictions. Uh, and then we're going to predict the playoff teams in each conference, which was not an easy exercise in the Western Conference, shockingly. In the East, uh, I think about at least seven of the teams were pretty easy. I, I think you probably felt the same way. Uh, but we'll start with the individual season awards. Uh, let's start with MVP. Who do you have uh, winning the 2018-19 NBA MVP award? So I think there are two pretty obvious front runners, in my opinion. I know that the Vegas odds don't necessarily reflect this, but... Uh, I think it as long as they're both healthy, I think it comes down to Giannis or Anthony Davis and whichever one of their respective teams 
wins more games, I think that player gets the nod, and I think the Bucks win a couple more games. They have a 46.5 over-under on their win total. The Pelicans have 44.5. They play in a tougher conference, obviously. Uh, Giannis has better injury history, so I think I'm going to give it to Giannis by a slight edge, but I definitely could see it going to Anthony Davis. I think they're both going to have monster seasons. So I have Giannis as well. Um, Vegas likes LeBron as a favorite, which it makes sense, you know, Vegas perspective. You know, they're not necessarily trying to predict it. They're just setting the odds for it. And yeah, they're trying to, they know that there's going to be a ton of action on LeBron to win. Mm -hmm. So they have to put the odds at a place where they're not going to get uh, decimated if he does win. So it's LeBron plus 333, Davis plus 400, Giannis plus 500, Harden plus 550, Durant plus 900. And then you get Kawhi at plus 1,100. Like you said, I think it's going to come down to Davis or Giannis. I mean, you look at the history um, you know, of how these awards work. Um, it, it's really, really tough to win back-to-back. You know, Curry obviously did it just a couple of years ago. But you know, the 15-16, the second MVP uh, that he won on the, on the back end of that was the 73-win season. I mean, it takes something like that. Um, you know, well, you, you need to do it statistically and you need to have some sort of narrative, I think, to go with it. I don't know that Houston's going to have that, you know, looking at Harden as a candidate. No, and there's going to be, I think there's definitely some sort of sour taste in, in a lot of the voters' right. uh, mouths when it comes to Harden just because of the, the lack of playoff success. And uh, I think this Rockets team, like we said when we were doing the over-unders, or at least like I said, like I, I think that they kind of accomplished in the regular season what they wanted to accomplish last year and this year it's going to be more about just we got to keep everyone healthy we got to get everyone as much rest as possible to make a real run in the playoffs so i don't like last year they were clearly managing harden with the mvp in mind and now that he's got it i think that that's kind of out the window this year it's a lot of work to get a player an mvp you know i mean okc did it with russ two years ago as well i mean and okc i think was maybe even I wouldn't say open about it, but it was more clear, I think, from the beginning, you know, like it was, there were some quotes that came out, I forget, you know, where it was, where it was like, it was basically like an organizational decision that once they lost KD, their focus shifted to, okay, let's put a competitive product on the floor and let's get Russ this MVP. They were like, they were doing stuff within the game, like with players not grabbing rebounds and stuff like that. Rotations. the, the, The Rockets last year, I think it was just strictly kind of a... Under normal circumstances, Harden probably gets a few more games off, plays mm-hmm. fewer minutes. Uh, but yeah, with OKC, they went to every possible length you could go to to right. impact his uh, stat line. Yeah. So I mean, are there any long shots that you like? I, I LeBron obviously not a long shot as the favorite. Um, I mean, I think if we went back the last like five or six years and they they did a revote after the NBA Finals, you know, as to who should be the MVP, I think LeBron maybe wins like four or five of those. Um, but he's obviously not a long shot. I mean, is there anyone outside of those top six or seven guys that I named that if you were betting, you would, you know, maybe feel decent about throwing a hundred bucks on? Yeah. So there's two guys I really like as long shots. They're both at 16 to one and Joel Embiid and Kyrie Irving, uh, with Kyrie, it's kind of, you know, the Celtics cruise to the one seed in the East win 60 plus games. He plays, you know, over 75 games is the clear best player on the team, has a career year, maybe injuries kind of limit Giannis or Anthony Davis, and he's just kind of sitting there as the the last man standing. Uh, With Embiid, I mean, if he were to play 75 games, 
I mean, I think there's room for him to really improve on what he did last year, particularly in the points department. And he's going to finish, you know, if he stays healthy, he's going to finish top three in defensive player of the year anyways, too. So that really helps his case as kind of a two-way guy. So uh, maybe the Sixers, Mm -hmm. I mean, it it wouldn't be crazy if the Sixers got the one seed in the East. And so if he were to stay healthy, uh, I think it, I think he would have a, mm-hmm. a pretty legitimate shot. Kyrie was the obvious one for me too, and for him, it would just be best player on best team award. You know, let's say the Warriors win sixty-two games. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like last year where they they look good, but they don't dominate. Boston wins the East by like eight games. You know, they win sixty-six or something, and Kyrie plays seventy-eight games and looks great. Like, I think that would be justifiable, especially if the Lakers struggle, especially if you know Russ just underwent knee surgery. If he gets off to a slow start, he, Kyrie is kind of the guy. If you pick apart everyone above him in the Vegas odds you know and I think you kind of go by process of elimination he's the one that makes the most sense uh, but I agree with Embiid too I mean I, I think with him there's always the the concern that he might split with Simmons because for Embiid to win it like you said he needs to stay healthy Philly needs to probably win the east like he needs a narrative behind him to boost yeah. him ahead of some of these guys and in that scenario Simmons has probably had a monster year as well um, and maybe he, I mean he's 28 to 1 maybe he's in there I mean it's there's not much precedent for winning an MVP in your second NBA season and someone with his, you know, a glaring flaw like he has, I think is still going to be kind of held against him until he proves otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think it's, we almost never see, I mean, we, we just don't actually, we don't right. see MVPs at that age. Uh, I mean, granted Embiid's only a couple years older, but he, I think, you know, I think if they both played 75 games, I think Embiid would have a better case, mm-hmm. uh, assuming he kind of improves upon what he did last year. I don't think I would put 100 on either of these guys just because, I mean, there's it's just so hard for me to see it not going to one of Giannis or Anthony Davis if their teams win close to 50 games and they're healthy just mm-hmm. because of how good their number is going to be relative to everyone else's. Yeah, beyond those guys that we mentioned, I don't think there's anybody else on the list that I could conceivably see you know, I mean, I don't even know what would have to happen for Jimmy Butler to win the MVP or like Paul George to win the MVP. Like at that point, if if those guys are in serious contention, then I think it would just go to Durant or Curry or or, or Harden again. Um, I I don't see the Warriors guys getting it unless just everyone gets hurt. No, the more that they cruise to these postseason wins and these finals wins, like the less of a case that those guys have for MVP awards, I think. Right. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And everyone's just kind of bored Mm -hmm. with the Warriors. Exactly. Okay, Coach of the Year. This is a fun one. Um, you already peeked at one of my nominees earlier and have um, torn, torn that argument apart, but we'll get to that in a second. Who do you have winning it, and who do you have as your, your other contenders? So I think the two most obvious ones are Brad Stevens and Quinn Snyder, and I think it just probably depends on you know, how good those two teams do. I think Brad Stevens is my pick just because, you know, one seed, like that's going to be better than like the three or the four seed. Like that just looks better. I mean, Dwayne Casey won it last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And everyone, you know, is kind of waiting for Brad Stevens to win coach of the year. Like I think a lot of people thought he was going to win it last year. I was surprised he hadn't won it already when I looked at the list. It just sort of seems like it's his time. Yes. Uh, He's like the hardened of coaches. Yeah. And... You know, I think Quinn Snyder, uh, we're going to get to like playoff predictions in a minute, but uh, I think the Jazz are going to have a great year. I think that 
they're like they're not going to surprise me if they win 50 games but i think they would surprise a lot of people if they did and and he's kind of already accepted as one of the better coaches in the league so i think he's a a pretty good candidate too and then i think uh mike budenholzer with the bucks that's kind of your obvious you fire a terrible coach and you bring in a competent coach and just that that swing kind of is the narrative mm-hmm. uh and then i i think that you know with everyone like th- this is the first year where really everyone's kind of writing off the spurs uh if pop is able to get that team to like 50 wins and everyone kind of agrees that he's like a year or two re- away from retiring i could see him kind of getting a you know final tip of the cap lifetime achievement yeah yeah well he's so he's one of four coaches in history that have three coach of the year awards pop pat riley don nelson larry brown so that would put him alone as the only four-time winner um this is a tough award somewhat like the mvp i guess where they don't like to give it out back to back they don't even like giving it out you know twice in three or four or five years like it's tough like pop went i think 10 years between his first and second right so it's it's really like you can cross off most of the recent winners because in some ways this is also similar to the most improved player award where you don't have to be the best coach you just have to have you know if your team won 20 games the previous year and then you win 38 the next year and you don't even have to make the playoffs you can still be the coach of the year mike brown has a coach of the year award byron scott has a coach of the year award yeah, there's tons of terrible coaches that have yes a coach of the year i mean avery johnson Al- <laughs> there alabama, was a, alabama head coach yeah. avery johnson has an nba coach there was a four-year run in the mid-2000s where avery johnson sam mitchell byron scott and mike brown won it back to back to back to back years yeah probably the roughest time in history for the coach of the year award i mean the the guy that won last year got fired so right exactly (laughs) detroit pistons head coach Dwayne casey won it last year it's a pretty wonky Mm -hmm. award yeah wonky year for coaches (laughs) so i'm with you on bud and stevens i think it'll be stevens unless like the only thing with boston is the expectations are so high that Mm -hmm. you know if they only win you know it's an air quotes if they only win 57 games maybe that's viewed as a disappointment but i think he kind of walks to it as long as they play pretty well because he hasn't won one yet right and i mean kerr won one right i mean like eventually you just kind of reward yeah exactly like, with the great team like right. it's regardless of whether you want to attribute mm-hmm. it all to him but i mean he's already accepted as uh probably one right. b to pops one a of best coaches in the league so it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of time that he gets one he, he probably should have won it last year yeah if we're being realistic yeah. i mean it was kind of a sham that casey won it i think if you're looking at like long shot options like if the lakers you know are way better than expected and lebron goes you know full bore for 80 games maybe maybe luke walton but i don't, I don't know if he'd really get the credit it would well, be lebron right, who gets I, the credit I, you almost never see the mvp and the coach of the year on the same team um like i like that just rarely happens it seems at least anecdotally to me yeah um i just th- i think it would go to i think it would just all go to lebron like i don't think sure. anyone would be like oh this was a great coaching job <laughs> okay well counterpoint mike brown won it in 08 09 when lebron i believe won the mvp that year okay sure well um, like that was i think that was kind of a um they won 66 games that year too 66 games right. like let's just so yeah i think the except the exceptions in reason like, history yeah, are like curve cur- right like, yeah like it has to be just one of those exactly 65 plus win type of seasons. lakers are not winning 65 yeah. plus games uh and the one that you killed me for was uh, fred hoiberg that's <laughs> that he fits the category of what does chicago win like i think they won 27 last year like if you know they have more talent obviously they're going to be a disaster on d but if they get like the eight or the seven seed somehow in the east, I think he'll he'll be under consideration just for kind of that most improved criteria. Well, what's what's uh, the lowest win total for a coach of the year winner in recent history? Because um, like I just I don't see that Bulls team winning more than like low thirties. So 
Doc Rivers won it in 99, 2000, going 41 and 41. Yeah. I, That's the lowest by far in recent history. I don't see the Bulls coming close to 500, so I just don't. Think okay. That that's possible. Like long shots to me would be, like I think Pop. I, it's I think just odds wise, I think he would be a long shot. I don't think anyone is expecting him to win this year. Uh, you know, like Nate McMillan or Brett Brown. Like if those teams really just, you know, if the Sixers got the one seed, for instance, mm-hmm. and uh, Embiid and Simmons, neither was like a, a big MVP candidate for whatever reason. Like like right. Anthony Davis runs away with MVP, like maybe Brett Brown gets it. Uh, if the Pacers win like 50-plus games, maybe he gets it like by process of elimination. No, you're right. I, I should have taken a look at that. The last 18 coaches of the year have won at least 47 games, and there's only one. 47 is the low by a decent margin. Like it's 17 out of 18 have been at least 50 game winners. So this, I guess I think the Bulls are winning 50 <laughs> games. Uh, defensive player of the year. I We don't have to talk too much about this one. I mean, to me, there are really only like, four or five candidates i think it's kind of the same guys for the most part year in and year out i mean we'll see if someone else emerges but i have it between davis gobert and bead i mean it's kind of turned into a big guy award i i think it should be a big guy award uh i think the guys that like those guys that protect the rim to that level mm-hmm. uh to me make a, a much bigger impact on the game than the best perimeter defenders can make uh and I, I honestly think it's Rudy Gobert unless he gets hurt. Like I, I think there's a gap between him and those other two guys. Uh, like I, I just think he's – when I think of the best defensive player in the league, it's like him, and I don't even think about it for more than a couple seconds. He won it last year playing 56 games. Yeah. So I think that that, uh, <laughs> that backs up your point pretty good. Um, I mean, I think and Davis was right there. I think Embiid finished third. I think those guys were two and three last year, right, if I remember correctly. Um yeah, it was Gobert, Embiid, Davis, Paul George, Al Horford, Draymond, Drew Holiday. Those were the top seven. I think all those guys are probably firmly in contention again. Um, for what it's worth, there's only been one MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same year. Do you know who that was? Um, it was in 87-88, if that helps. <laughs> uh, well, that, that definitely narrows it down. Um Gosh, people are probably yelling at there. I think you've heard of this guy. He is <laughs> relatively relevant in NBA history. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. I hope I'm not mispronouncing it, but it's Michael Jordan. I think he played at UNC in the 80s. Yeah. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have... Uh, I wouldn't have thought that his MVP winning started that early. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would have only been, what, his third or fourth year? Yeah. yeah. Uh, LeBron has finished twice. Uh, two times he's won the MVP, he's finished in second in Defensive Player of the Year voting. But uh, Kobe didn't win his... Kobe has not won Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> One-time MVP, Kobe Bryant. Um, did, so do you... But do you agree with me on that it should be a big man award? Or do you think that there's still... Like, because I just, I don't think, like, you can scheme around a good perimeter defender. You can't scheme around Rudy Gobert. Like, I, I don't. I mean, in theory, you can by putting five shooters on the court, but, you know, that's yeah. not always realistic, generally not realistic. I don't, I don't, I don't hate that it's a, turned into a big man award. I mean, I like, think 
be you know be a good perimeter defender and you'll get it. I mean, perimeter defenders have won it in the last yeah, I mean, twenty years. It's not like it's like been a hundred percent big men. Prime Draymond Green, I think, was like a an excellent candidate because he right. did both. Um, I mean, prime Kawhi, obviously, like when you watch him on the perimeter, it looks just so it's so visually right. pleasing. Um, yeah, I mean, he's won it twice that, in the last yeah. few years. Uh, but I just to me, Rudy Gobert's such a game changer on mm-hmm. that end of the court that I think it's it's his award. I think a lot of people who vote for these awards look at blocks and steals and <laughs> even like the best perimeter defenders. Well, it's not like Kawhi Leonard leads the league in steals every year. You know, like, right. I think it's just easy to look at, oh, this guy leads in blocks. He gets some steals. Like that's Davis's argument is he gets a ton of steals for a big man and he's always top three or four in blocks. Yeah. And the, and as with every year, I think people are going to start looking more at um, defensive efficiency and right. where the teams rank and, and I just don't see the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Not finishing first there. We're only a couple of years away from Delhi taking home one of these. <laughs> okay, rookie of the year. This is a really interesting one. Uh, in Vegas, Aiton, Doncic, Sexton, Knox, Bagley are the top five um, top five favorites. I'm going Kevin Knox. <laughs> uh, do you want to expand on that? Or? Do I have to? Did you watch Las Vegas Summer League? <laughs> no, um, I think he meets the number one criteria for this award, which is opportunities on a bad team he's going to play a lot of minutes for a team that presently doesn't really have a lot of options at the three and the four he can play three different positions he you know it's not going to be like a it's basically the opposite of Jason Tatum last year where it's like if you put Tatum on this Knicks team who knows what he averages as a rookie I think Knox is going to play 30 plus minutes you know most nights by the end of the year um and if you watch summer league he was jacking up shots like crazy I mean it was a very Donovan Mitchell like confidence i don't think he's going to be nearly as efficient as donovan mitchell um and there's a pretty good chance that two weeks into the year i'm going to sound like a crazy person um for predicting this but you know i i I think aiden's going to be a little bit disappointing relative to expectations i think knox on the whole is still not nearly as big of a name as those guys um and that'll kind of carry the story well i definitely agree with you that he's going to chuck up shots yes uh i'm going with luka Doncic just because I think he's never heard of them. the best player. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, if everyone plays like the same amount of games and Doncic gets 30 minutes a game, which I don't really see why he wouldn't on that team. Uh, I just, I have a hard time going with someone else. I think that there's a, if, if he's as good as I think he's going to be, I think there's just going to be a big narrative on him all season long where people are just like, you know, tweeting out all these plays and just like, losing their minds yeah. about how cool this guy is and everything i uh it's so like i wouldn't i don't know if i would bet this though uh just given the the odds on it and how big the field is and all it takes is just one of those guys on a crappy team to actually be semi-efficient like sexton or Knox, and they could get it uh i don't think i don't like sexton as a as an mv or as a rookie of the year yeah, option I, I think he's going to be decent long term i think he's going to be really inefficient i think the Cavs are going to be bad I mean, back in like the '90s, I felt like you could win this award just by leading rookies in points scored. Yes, and so like I think there's a chance that like yep. Damon Stoudemire in '96. Yeah, yeah, like I don't expect Doncic to lead rookies. <laughs> See, in, that's the thing. I don't think score. his numbers are gonna. I think he's going to be the best rookie, and we're gonna come away from the season thinking he's the best long term player. But I, I think he might average like eleven, four, and three. You know, it's well, like I, it, I think he's gonna average like fourteen five and five which that could get it done if he's if he's efficient i think that gets it done especially just like i said i think Mm -hmm. he's going to be the the most talked about rookie also right so since 
2002, 2003. That's when Amari Stoudemire won it. Every year since then, minus the Malcolm Brogdon year, the rookie of the year has averaged at least 15 points per game. So you're certainly right about points per game still kind of being king. I think, you know, team record hasn't really mm-hmm. factored much no. into this award at any point. Tyreek Evans won it, <laughs> no, for example. Yeah. T- team record um, has nothing to do with this award. No, no. I mean, but there are exceptions. I mean, like, look at Brogdon two years ago. I think generally this is viewed as a significantly better draft class. Like, it would be very shocking to me if some second round pick comes away with the rookie of the year, I, given the talent in this lottery, I would be absolutely shocked if anyone in this class has close to as good a year as like Mitchell and Simmons had last yep. year. I think that it's, there's going to be a drop off or even Tatum. Yeah. 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 No, I completely agree. Um, <clears throat> I think we're going to look back obviously on last year being a really, really special class long term. I think this will be somewhere between that and, you know, maybe like the Wiggins, Parker and Bede year where obviously Embiid didn't play Wiggins was pretty good Parker was decent when he played like I think there's going to be there's going to be four or five players we feel good about and, and similar to last year as well too like you know I think Colin Sexton's going to have a very similar year to De'Aaron Fox where yeah. you're not going to look back and be like wow he was terrible but you're also not going to feel great about him like ever making an all-star game mm-hmm. um wait so who your pick was Doncic uh yeah okay so who finishes second are you like Aiton? I feel like can't finish lower than fourth if he stays healthy. I just don't think he's yeah. going to be spectacular. <clears throat> Expectations are too high. I'll say Aiton, but I, I just don't have a good feel for mm-hmm. this one after Doncic. I just I could see it going a lot of different directions. I remember before the draft, I compared him to Emeka Okafor in terms of like what I would expect for production. Okafor won it in 0405 by averaging fifteen and ten, and like one and a half blocks. Like that, I mean, I could, I feel yeah, like Aiden uh, yeah. could do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he can get to one and a half blocks, sadly. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and I, for him, too, the Suns, I think, can't win 20 games again. Like they have to show at least marginal improvement for, for him to have that narrative. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's just going to have numbers that look good. I just don't think, I think if Doncic does what I think mm-hmm. he's going to do, I just think everyone's going to agree that he's the better player and he'll get it. The more I read about the Suns, the more I think you were correct about you were like appalled that I took the over on them, and I really regret that. Like, that's that's looking worse and worse, and we haven't even we're still a month away from playing any games. I mean, they'll be fun to watch. They're just gonna get their asses kicked every day. <laughs> they really are. Man. What was I, what was I thinking? I think I picked them to win thirty games. What a, what an egregious pick. Okay, most improved. Um, this is honestly the one I'm most excited. Yeah, to talk I was just about. I was gonna say we always joke about this award, but it, it's gonna be fun this year. Yeah, so uh, I, you know, the last four guys that have won this, uh, Jimmy Butler, CJ McCollum, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Victor Oladipo are all, you know, I mean, obviously Giannis is is a stud. Um, Jimmy Butler is a top 15 player, but like they're all like borderline top 25 players now, you know? And so there's definitely a trend where this award goes to, like, it's not just going to, the guy that you know comes out of nowhere and is like a pretty good six man for his team like they're it's going to bobby simmons (laughs) like leaders of their team like stars of their team and so i think it's a very interesting field because it's like you you have to kind of look at the guys that are already kind of top 50 ish players and like who in that mix is gonna take that leap and become like a top 25 player uh so some guys that i considered uh, I think Nikola Jokic is in the mix if he just kind of because he like we all know like if you play fantasy if you're like a NBA like 
um, a hoop head. Like you, you definitely, a what <laughs> you definitely like are super into Nikola Jokic. <laughs> you know how us hoop heads talk. Yeah. Um, that's a little inside joke. Uh, but, um, like Jokic is not like a household name, I, I don't think, and I think that he could kind of become a guy that's averaging like twenty five, twelve, and seven yes. or something like that. Him winning it would be the same as Giannis winning right. it. Um, I think, you know, I think Ben Simmons sort of qualifies, except that he was just so good last year, and like the case for Ben Simmons is like he he could average a triple double this year, right? Like that's that's definitely in play. Uh, I think Brandon Ingram would be an obvious one, except for the LeBron factor. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't see him getting enough usage with LeBron there. Uh, Joel Embiid, I think, is a is a very interesting one because he only averaged like about twenty points a game last year. Like, he could average twenty seven points a game this year. Yeah, he sneakily had a down year, I think, relative yeah. to what if you would, if you would have said like he stayed as healthy as he did. I think the numbers looked a little lower than you would have thought. Yeah, uh, so Joel Embiid would be my like I'm kind of going in reverse order here. He would be my third pick. Carl uh, Anthony Towns would be my second pick. Like, mm-hmm. if I don't really necessarily expect him to do this, but if he just finally does what everyone wants him to do defensively, and if uh, the Timberwolves finally decide that he's going to be their go-to scorer, then I think he could put up ridiculous numbers, yep. and he could he could win it. Uh, but my pick is going to be Jamal Murray with the Nuggets. I think that he, uh, I mean, he had a hell of a year last year, uh, but he, you know, he averaged like 16, five and five, something like that. Mm. Uh, I could see him averaging like 24, uh, seven assists, something like that. That's that's if it doesn't beat him out for that spot. (laughs) We'll see. Um, and Jamal Murray, I think he's kind of in that sort of Jimmy Butler, CJ McCollum, Victor Oladipo, like where they're good and then like all of a sudden it surprises you how good they got in such a short amount of time whereas like the Embiid and like the Carlton Towns is more kind of like the Giannis like already a stud and then becomes one Mm -hmm. of the best players in the league Uh, I think I think Murray's just kind of fits he checks a lot of boxes for me um but it's going to be a fascinating one to see how it plays out those were all very well reasoned Towns I initially had on my list and with him it's like for him to win it or to really become an improved player would be defensively and like I don't know if that's going to show up statistically, mm-hmm. you know, for voters. Like it would, it would take the Timberwolves being like a top three defense in the league, and you know, him like ranking second in blocks or something like that. You know, and and even then, it's like I don't know if he has that much room to improve as a scorer and rebounder. And and you know, right or wrong, those numbers are kind of what matter in this award. But no, Murray was my number one, really, as well. Yeah, he is. Um, he to him or to me, this seems it would be exactly like when McCollum won it. He won it in year three. His numbers were. You know, if he has a rookie, really good as a second year player, really, really good as a third year player. And then from then on, that's just kind of who he is. And I think you know, Murray's basically followed that exact same trajectory. Um, but er- so the last six winners, you named four of them Oladipo, Giannis, McCollum, Butler. Before that, it was Drogic and Paul George. All those guys were between year three and year six. Drogic was the only one at year six. So the average year is like 4.2, basically. Like the, all, the, all the guys you named are kind of right in that sweet spot. It's very hard to win it when you're into your mid to late 20s you, you know you kind of are who you are and it's and it's hard to win it when you're Simmons when you're only in your second year uh especially when you have the rookie year that he did but the other guys on my list uh Devin Booker for him to win it you know the Suns obviously have to be better and he would he would I think have to average 30 a game which is possible I guess and I don't yeah. think that's that insane but if he averages like you know 32 points per game and the Suns win 
28 games you know maybe that does it Aaron Gordon if he stays healthy I think is kind of an obvious one but again Orlando is going to probably be really bad and that's going to hurt his case John Collins I think Atlanta will probably be too bad for for him to win it um and then Clint Capella who I statistically I don't know how much he can really improve given you know how limited of a role he has um but I don't know I mean if he if he leads the league in blocks and averages 13 rebounds and gets closer to 20 points I think he'll have a case and then my one wild card is Markel Fultz because the bar was set so low that if he comes back and is just like 80 percent of what we expected you know he might kind of have this comeback player narrative that maybe just translates to most improved yeah you know I had uh like I had some lesser like I I had like guys like Jared Allen Dennis Smith uh Mario Hizonia Justice Winslow De'Aaron Fox uh, guys like that, like that, I think could take big steps, but not the type of steps that we've seen in recent history that kind of lead you into that uh, mix. I mean, with Fultz, that just wouldn't be a very satisfying one for me because it would be more of just a testament to how surprisingly awful he was right. in year one. Like him being sort of what everyone expected him to be this year. Like I don't even think he should be rewarded for that. Like he should just do it, and everyone should expect him to do it like mm-hmm. i don't know it, it would just be kind of a uh sort of uninspiring one because it's almost like he just tanked to get the award <laughs> like I, I don't know how far away we are from players tanking like do you think ben simmons regrets having such a good rookie year because now he took himself out of contention for most improved yeah. um but that's that's interesting that we both picked murray I yeah wasn't expecting that um okay we can i guess this next one kind of falls under the other predictions category so we'll just run through these fairly quickly who wins the scoring title Anthony Davis. Okay. I have Davis as well. Um, Pelicans played at the fastest pace in the league last year. They played at an even faster pace uh, once DeMarcus Cousins went down. I think that'll just kind of pick up where it left off, hopefully. So I think that helps him. Lillard, Booker, to me, are kind of a couple of dark horse guys. Not all that dark horse, obviously. Um, I mean, Harden is always smart money. He's been in the top two in this category in four straight years, which is pretty insane. My second and third were Harden and Giannis okay so yeah I, I mean i think Giannis could certainly I, I would bet on him to finish in the top five for sure uh first coach fired uh dave yeager uh but there are t- so i know that this guy was just hired but i <laughs> i could also see jb bickerstaff getting fired in year one the big man <laughs> no um i I, if things go south in Portland, I think Terry Stotts will be in that mix. If things go south in Minnesota, Tom Thibodeau's in that mix. If things go south in Denver, Mike Malone's in that mix. But I don't necessarily think any of those three scenarios happen. Uh, so Dave Yeager, like we know they're going to suck. He's been there for a while. Like so, we just have to mention him. Like he's the obvious one. He's not really that fun to talk about. Any, any. I mean, it's not even about him. It's just whoever the Kings no, coach yeah, is. It just happens to be, be him. A guy. Yeah, right. Like he, nobody should be expecting them to be good. Except right. Their ownership probably does. Exactly. Uh, I kind of like that Bickerstaff pick. I mean, like Gasol's like a sneaky coach killer all of a sudden. Like, it's, well, well like, the thing is, they actually have like wildly unrealistic expectations. Yeah, yeah. So when, if and when they don't meet those expectations, right. like he and might be the guy. The reason they hired him in the first place <laughs> is because of how cheap he is. So yeah. like, they well, can fire him and like pay him to go away, and it's not going right. to be well, expensive to get rid of. Him. On multiple occasions now, they've sided with Marcus All over right. the coach. Right. You know, like I, I would imagine they'll keep that up. I don't know. That, I don't know that JB Bickerstaff is the guy to step in <laughs> love, and change that. I love, I love Bickerstaff as a lodger. <laughs> 
Uh, a couple other guys I have on my list. I agree with all those. Jaeger's the obvious choice. Uh, Ty Lu. Sure. Probably should have been fired immediately after the finals in 2016. Um, I mean, unbelievable that he is really a head coach. And I, I, the thing is, expectations are so low that he, he, I don't know how bad it would have to go for him to be fired. But he's out in the next couple of years. Like, he's not the long-term Cavs coach. I just think that they, like Dan Gilbert's going to not want to have to pay him to go away. So let yeah, just let, I think he let him let him walk into free agency. His contract and then get yeah, I don't think we're going to be sitting here in 2025 talking about oh, longtime Cavs coach Ty Lue. Yeah. Um, I think he'll probably end up coaching the University of Nebraska at sure, some point. Sure. Scott Brooks, um, just you know, you bring Dwight Howard onto a team with John Wall and Markeith Morris, <laughs> like you're just that's, you're just inviting that. Um, Tibbs. The, right. the calls for Tibbs' job got pretty loud towards the end of last year, and uh, he's in the same situation as, like, Mike Malone, like you mentioned. You know, yeah. like, if things go south, he, it just might be time. And then the other one I have is Luke Walton because yeah. expectations yeah. are going to be way too high for that team. I just – but I don't think LeBron's expectations are high. And you, I, it's I, up to him, you think? Yeah, I think, yeah. like – I don't think – I honestly don't think LeBron – is expecting this team to compete at all really and we're gonna get a lot of really good post-game quotes out of lebron like the first two months of the year oh and i just think uh you know i think luke is a guy that's pretty easy to play for um especially if you're like a smart basketball player like lebron so i just don't see like he's so much compare like playing for luke walton versus playing for eric spolstra like and how um kind of grinding that could be as like a, a star player like lebron james like i think it's just going to be kind of uh, a piece of cake for him so I, right. I don't i think luke's a good coach i think that 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 roster is so young that it makes sense for him yeah. to, to stick it out i think i think he'll have to earn lebron's respect to some degree but I, he's also not the type of coach who's going to try to you know make a name for himself the way david blatt i mean the reason right. david blatt yeah. lost lebron like a week and a half into that season was he he, you know, he wanted this to be his team and like yeah. was not having any of, you know, input from LeBron and, you know, Kyrie and, and Kevin Love and those guys. He's like, many world leaders. Right. So. Several world leaders, <laughs> in fact. He's won many titles, just not in the NBA. Um, second year player who really makes the leap this year. Can we, can we agree to like cross out Tatum and Mitchell and Simmons? Like, are they, were they too oh, good last no, year? They don't count. Yeah. They don't count? Okay. Who's your guy? This one's really hard uh, because I could see, you know, you expect so many of these guys to improve. All right? of them. Uh, I think Jonathan Isaac is a good candidate. Sure. Uh, the basically because he's starting at, like, he did close to nothing last year. Um, I think sort of by default, guys like Harry Giles and Markel Fultz count just because they didn't do anything last year. Uh, Zach Collins, Jared Allen, OG Ananobi, uh, Josh Hart, Jordan Bell. Um, wait, yeah. Uh, yep. Bam Adebayo, yep. Frank Nilakina, John Collins. Uh, so basically the entire first round yeah. of the 2017 draft. I, I mean, Dennis Smith and De'Aaron Fox are like the highest pedigree mm-hmm. guys that I could see doing it. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go with Isaac just because I think the opportunity is going to be there for him. And I think you're kind of talking about a guy that sort of surprises people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people will be that surprised if like Ben Smith just gets right better from year one to year two. But like, I think if Isaac all of a sudden becomes like a dark horse, like second team, all defense type of guy, like I think that that would be um, kind of fit the bill. 
So I noticed you didn't say Tyler Lydon. <laughs> I didn't say Tyler. Almost, kind of a lost season last year. I think DJ he'll bounce Wilson, back. Yeah, D- Jesus, man. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a fan base be more out on a guy. Like, we have no idea. Like, DJ Wilson obviously didn't look great in, like, the 70 minutes or whatever he played last year. But people are just out on him. Like, 100% don't want to see his face ever again. And he's really not done anything to earn that reputation quite yet. I'm, I have no doubt that he will. I think he'll more than earn that reputation whenever he gets a chance. But... Man, like at least at least Bucks fans gave Rashad Vaughn like three years to prove it. <laughs> um, my guy for this, uh, Dennis Smith was up there, but I, I think he's also kind of borderline where he he showed enough last year that you know you'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't make you know, a decent amount of improvement. But I'm gonna go with Adebayo. Oh, nice. I think I was really impressed with how much better he was than I expected last year, and I think they're gonna trade Hassan Whiteside at some point, and he's gonna end up playing like 30 minutes a game, and you know the numbers will kind of follow. I mean, I think he might. Be just better than Hassan Whiteside. Uh yeah, I think now. they the Heat said something. The Heat said some things last year that were like pretty much saying exactly that. And like if Hassan Whiteside wasn't making the money that he was, I think he'd be long gone. Horrific contract. Or I mean, that was bad at the time. Oh, like, yeah. like, I I love keep this guy happy. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's like. Like, if for all the credit that the Heat have gotten, and deservedly so over the years, like they have made some very, very questionable moves in the wake of LeBron leaving. Pretty much every move has been very questionable. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the Adebayo draft pick was good. Like, no, was very good. Good, good pick. Um, yeah. I mean... The, the, like the Justice Winslow pick. Uh, to be fair, I, everybody loved that yeah, pick at the time. Yeah, Myself, sure. and, you know, first among them. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they definitely handed out a ton of extensions mm-hmm. uh, around $50 million for guys that, like, are not that special. No, they've just loaded up on, like, they have 10 of the players, if you ranked everybody in the league, like, 1 to 300, they have, like, 10 guys in the, like, 70 to 110 range. Sure, sure. And nobody above that. Like, they have a bunch of guys who'd be really good bench players. Right. Great. Yeah, they're basically just, like, a bullpen team. (laughs) Um, Okay, who's going to finish with the worst record in the league? Hawks. Hawks. No question. Um, Trey Young, I mean, that's a... a Secret sauce right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, who has Trey Young? Okay, they're getting the worst record. Um, so the Hawks get the Mavs pick if it falls outside the top five. Which I think it I will. I think it I ho- would hope so. Yeah. Um, but with the West, you never really know. It, sh- it should. And they get the Cavs pick if it falls outside of the top ten. That one is going to come down to the wire. That one's dicey. That one's going to be real I dicey. think I think that'll be inside the top ten yeah. if I yeah. if I had to bet my life. Um, okay, who's the star that's most likely to be dealt by the deadline? Well, I think Kemba is just so obvious. Yeah, because yeah. He's like they would be insane. To he's the Dave Yeager him. of this category, <laughs> right? Granted, like it was insane to not trade him last year, but uh, you know, I mean, it it will get to a point where right. it's kind of like even they'll even be able to explain it to Michael Jordan, like, hey, right. man, like we got to do this, like, <laughs> um, Mike, Mike. I think some like. Other one, other options like if things go really south in Minnesota, Jimmy Butler. Yep. If things go really south in Portland, CJ McCollum. Uh, I meant I listed Bradley Beal just because I think he would be easy to move. I don't know. I don't really think you can break up that core though now with that John Wall contract right. because like you almost sort of just have to write it out as this being a mid forty win team. Hopefully for them, uh, they got a big five now though. <laughs> they, they do have a big five. Wall, Beal, Porter, Oubre, Dwight. Yep. Um, I think 
like a, a dark horse one is Kevin Love. Uh, if like they kind of do a Blake Griffin thing with him, where they just pawn him off on some really dumb team, that's uh, who would take him. That's the question. I mean, you know, you can always throw the Kings in there and the Suns. <laughs> um, I think Kawhi Leonard, like if for whatever reason things were to go somehow south in Toronto, and like he yep. made it very clear he wasn't resigning, like they would kind of have to get something yep. for him. Uh, and then Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol, I listed, and Hassan Whiteside. Like I think they make sense to be traded. I just don't see anyone taking on those yeah. deals. So agreed. Kawhi's an interesting one because if the Raptors, let's say they're in fourth place, like they, you know, things just aren't clicking. Boston, Philly, Indiana, Milwaukee, whoever are are kind of running away and separating themselves. Yeah, what reason do you have if he if he tells you I'm not resigning here? And in that scenario, when the team's not looking that great, you probably wouldn't want to resign. Right that becomes like unbelievably and, interesting. And they like I think the Spurs are going to be better than people think this year, but from the Raptors perspective, they really didn't give up a ton to get him. So it's not like you're just pot committed. Like I think that the DeRozan contract was, you know, at best just kind of neutral value. Um, right. I mean, Jakob Pertl was not one of their really core young guys, so if you have to just cut your losses, I mean, they could get a package probably similar to that. Yes, exactly. You would, you know. right? And the, I mean, I think you kind of have to read between the lines and think that they maybe wanted to get out of that DeRozan deal, right. which was part of it. Like they could end up and, dealing Leonard, getting a first rounder and another really good role player, well, and coming out kind of even. And the Spurs weren't shopping him to the Lakers, so right. like they could go to the Lakers exactly and take you know eighty percent of what the Lakers right. would have offered the Spurs uh, at the deadline. No, exactly. I, I think I would almost be surprised if that doesn't happen. To be honest, well, I'm not. I'm not super high on the Raptors. I, I see. I kind of am. Like I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be the two seed. We're gonna get there in a second. But like I, I think that they're just gonna try to get to the finals with this team and just hope that that is enough to convince mm-hmm. Kawhi to stay. I mean, like I, I'd rather play in Toronto than Oklahoma City, and the Thunder were somehow, somehow able to get Paul George to stay. Right. So like I, I don't know. I don't think this is like the Paul George situation. Like OKC was like Paul George or bust. You know, there was there's really no backup plan. Like Toronto has or Masai has basically been trying to rebuild this for like five years now. And it's like if if they don't get if Kawhi leaves and they have to trade him and you get a decent value back and you have to kind of tear it down from there, or even I mean they don't even have to fully tear it down with the young pieces they have. Like it's not like they're going to completely bottom out. It's like they're in a pretty good spot. I think both short and long term. Um, Who's going to be your Monte Ellis bad team, good stats guy of the year? Uh, Devin Booker. Devin Booker. I think okay. Zach he's like Levine. the two-time winner of that already. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think Zach Levine is in that mix, but I think Booker's just going to have the better stats on an even worse team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> team know, record matters here. I know that he doesn't really count because they're probably going to win more games than they lose, but I just wanted to mention Andrew Wiggins as, oh, sure. a, as an option. He actually might... <laughs> Now that Monte, if Monte goes another full year without playing, I think we're going to have to change the <laughs> like, name of this one. Like, He'll hand it off to Wiggins. <laughs> right. I kind of hope that Wiggins, you know, in 10 years, maybe we're not still doing this podcast, but someone is doing a podcast talking about Wiggins, and it's the exact same conversation that, that we've been having. He's still averaging like 19.8 points, still averaging about 1.2 assists. Leading the league in minutes. Right. <laughs> His 12th straight year of leading the league in minutes. Uh, I'm going with Tim Hardaway Jr. Sure. I think he's probably really excited for this year this is really everything that he's ever wanted i think as a player i looked up he's he's never scored 40 points in a game i would put the i would set the line at two and a half 40 point games for him this year do you think he has a 50 point game yeah i think so i think he does how much do they lose by in that game 
17. 17. Yep. It would, I mean, it would be similar to Booker's 70 point right. game where they, nobody talks about them getting blown out right. on the road in Boston. <laughs> and and they're all taking the picture yeah, in the like, yeah, hallway right. after the game. <laughs> <laughs> Booker carried them to a 15 point loss. Uh, yeah. Tim Hardaway, that was a no brainer. I mean, Trey Young, obviously, I think will. I don't see, I don't even think he's going to have good stats. I think <laughs> bad <laughs> I think stats, bad, bad team. Bad, bad stats, bad team. Uh, okay. Most likely to date a controversial slash trashy celebrity at some point during the year okay i really hope that you um are impressed by this one okay Uh, i know you probably put a lot of time into this so let me just list some guys that i considered but didn't end up going with okay Uh, d'angelo russell avery bradley kyle kuzma and trey young russell's a (laughs) no-brainer yeah well see the thing is like he might not have to stoop into kind of the bucket we're sort of talking about here um like i think he would end up dating like a really like niche like indie female rapper sure, or something sure. that like to him would be famous but to the general public wouldn't yeah uh, i'm talking like a tmz type yeah, of relationship no, no, no. okay so I, like tristan dating chloe kardashian came out of nowhere i'm talking something like that right. okay so here's my here's my pick uh clippers rookie jerome robinson oh yeah because you do okay. you know do you no, know something no so you know, he's in L.A., obviously, big leg up on right. uh, 28 of the other teams. Um, and he's not going to play at all, so he's just got all this time to kind of, like, he's going to be so bored. He's going to, like, you know, he's not going to have to worry about, like, being hung over for the game because he knows he's not going to play. Uh, and he's, like, you know, he went to Boston College. It's going to be kind of a culture shock. You know, he, he's... In L.A., and he's freshman single. year of college type yeah. of thing. Yeah, uh, I think that he's a, a sneaky pick for this one. I like that. I, I like that you are taking geography into consideration. I did as well. If you're playing for the Thunder, you're just you're out. Like, there's only so much you can do. Right. You know, you're like geographically, you're very much Granted, limited. Tristan Thompson somehow did. That is true. But Le- I think the LeBron factor, right. yeah. the fa- being in the finals, right. you know, the exposure. Um, and we should also mention that the whole reason I even thought of this as a category was Monte Morris, like the third string point guard for the Nuggets is dating Amber Rose. I had to, I had to look up on Amber Rose's, when I saw that photo a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, I had to go on her Instagram and see who was tagged in it because like the Nuggets quote (laughs) tweeted, it was something like, who the hell is this guy? Like Monte Morris. I mean, that's the, you couldn't pick that out. Yeah. I mean, I was a little disappointed in myself to be honest. Um, so Jamal Murray is on my list here. I think he's going to reach that level of stardom. He's a good-looking guy. He's got a bit See, nice baby yeah. face. I just don't think he's going to have to. I think he's, he's Canadian. Kind of the, I think he's almost even more. He's what Canadian. I said about D'Angelo Russell, like I think, like I think Jamal Murray can date like a ten that's not famous that's like really really good sure. looking and like he doesn't have to i don't know i could see him like becoming a father mid-season you know like there's a know. like jason tatum became a father under the radar lonzo ball father you know people don't think of these guys as fathers i think well, murray kind of fits about becoming he's a got father. sneaky father about, qualities well i think I that's mean, part of the deal the TMZ, a lot of the, the tristan thompson's a father get pregnant like i don't know Tr- tristan thompson uh, I think you're going to hate this one, but you know he had LA ties in the past, so he's still got the connections. I think Austin Rivers is on the list. I, I, don't, I don't think he's good looking enough. I think he'd that. be embroiled in a scandal at some point. <laughs> Maybe he wouldn't date someone, but he would be... I could see like it, he like would some NBA player dating his girlfriend. Right, exactly, like, yes. But like, she won't be famous. Right, he would retaliate yeah. because someone stole his girl. <laughs> right, something like that. So yeah, I think... He might lead the league in like most times his girlfriend's been stolen during sure. the season. Right, I mean, his sister got... Well, so Paul George, when he knocked up that stripper a couple years ago, 
he cheated on Austin Rivers' sister to knock up the stripper. Right. Yep. So he, this has already been happening right. for you. That was when Austin Rivers, I don't even think he was in the league yet. So this has been <laughs> going no on. stranger to controversy. He's been raised in this environment. <laughs> um, okay, most likely to sign Andrew Bynum. Uh, I, I didn't want to participate okay. in this one. Fair. Uh, well, I went with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I really hope it's the Lakers because they need a center. Yeah. Bynum was like, what, three or four-time All-Star when he yeah. was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew you wouldn't participate in that one. <laughs> uh, and then we'll finish out with the Trey Lyles role player you'll become attached to this season of the year. Right. So guys I didn't consider that I think I'm already publicly attached to uh, – DeJounte Murray, Luka Doncic, uh, Trey Lyles, obviously it's named after Trey Lyles, uh, Laurie Markkinen, uh, Stephen Adams, who's probably my favorite person in the NBA, uh, Kyle Anderson. It's like six guys already. <laughs> Zach Levine. Jake, Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman, Dave, Davis Bertans, uh, Josh Jackson, um, Andrew Wiggins, rest in peace. Um, but the, the guys I'm considering, uh, another long list, but the guy that I'm going to go with, Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Kings. Okay, so you, yeah, you need to clarify. We're talking second year Kingsguard. Second year Kingsguard. Bogdan Bogdanovich, sure. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Well, not, not, I mean, I like to say it that way because Bojan and Bogdan, sure. or okay. however you said it, I can't even sure. pronounce it that way. Um, that's so, a good pick. Yeah, that's, that's my guy. Why? What about him? Well, he really, look, I hadn't been watching much Kings last year. Uh, what? But he really opened my eyes in the rookie sophomore game. I was really into what he did in that game. Was he the MVP of that game? I think he, I think he, I think he was. I think he was. He was yeah. MVP to me. That was uh, the that was like the top moment in Kings history. I mean, he was just pulling up from like thirty feet. Yeah. and it was just wet. And I mean, I was I was all about it. The question I have is minutes, but I, you know, that actually, when a guy isn't playing as much as I think they should be playing, that almost emboldens them to right. be like even even more. Like I'm I'm more into that. Mm-hmm. Um, some some other guys. <laughs> Uh, some other guys I considered: uh, Joe Inglis, uh, Ricky Rubio. I'm really, okay. I'm really in on the the sort of second act yeah, of Ricky Rubio. Starting to notice a theme here with these first three: uh, Karis LeVert, mm, okay. Shea Gilgis Alexander. All right, we're back Carter, on track. Wendell Carter and Jordan Bell. Okay, those are guys I considered, but I went with Bogdanovich. Okay, well, what an honor! For, <laughs> we'll, we'll look forward to his acceptance speech uh, on the next podcast. Uh, this was an easy one for me. I didn't even put together a list. Marshawn Brooks. Um, <laughs> Led the league in scoring is last he season. Yeah, he's in the league. He's, he signed a guaranteed one-year deal. He's okay. staying in Memphis. Again, he led the league in scoring last season okay. among players who played only seven games or less. Okay. He shot 59% yep. from three. I think if you right. prorate that right. over an entire right. season. Were you um, surprised he didn't go in the mock draft we did uh, for CBS? Was I surprised? I was floored. <laughs> I mean, I see, that was the one. Were you scanning like rounds five? Six, seven, yeah. like, where, like where's his name? Like, well, eight, I figured that, so, you know, sometimes, you know, our site does this too, like players that have like weird capitalization or, or punctuation oh, yeah. in their name, you know, sometimes it won't, it won't catch. So I'm, you know, I'm doing a control F I'm like, mm-hmm. is this some sort of prank? Like you guys sent me the real list of players. Um, but yeah, that was the one downside to me not participating in that was, you know, I wasn't able to make things like that happen. Uh, but before we get to the playoff teams in each conference, let's take a quick break so I can tell the listeners about DraftKings.com. By now, you probably know about DraftKings. It's the best place to play daily fantasy sports for cash prizes. And yes, we're still a month and a half away from the start of the NBA season, but DraftKings has been in full swing for NFL football since the preseason. If you missed out on week one, the good news is you have 16 more weeks to get in on the action. Plus, this season, college football is back on DraftKings. You can win money on Saturday. You can turn right around and win more money on Sunday. Plus, plus, we have an exclusive DraftKings offer from Rotowire. If you go to www.draftkings.com 
slash rotowire 2018. And then you create a free DraftKings account and deposit at least $10 into that account. You will then receive a complimentary six month membership to rotowire.com. In my opinion, this is the best time of year to take advantage of that. You got football starting up, baseball is getting toward the playoffs, basketball, hockey, right around the corner. All you have to do, again, go to www.draftkings.com slash rotowire 2018 to claim that offer. So now let's get to the, uh, the real meat and potatoes of the podcast. Uh, this is, I wouldn't say this is as fun as the over-unders just because it's a little bit more of a quick process, but it's a lot of fun um, just picking the playoff teams. I actually ranked them 1 through 15 in each conference. I don't know if you got the, the extra credit and did that. Um, but I have my my eight playoff teams in each conference, and then I picked the teams, or I drew a line basically saying, this is where I'm comfortable saying every team above this is a lock, every oh, team below okay. it not so much. Um, okay. But I'll, I'll let you I, begin. I do you want to start Do you want to start with the East, get that out of the way? Sure. Okay, so who do you have? You can just read your top eight in the East. Uh, well, how about I, I say one, you say one, and then we stop when we get to a spot where we disagree. Sure. Like, so I have Celtics with the best record. Agree. I have the Raptors with the second. Oh, my God. Agree, just pick. <laughs> I have the Sixers. Okay. Um, now, is that because of how much you like the Sixers? Or, like, I know you said earlier you're a little down on the Raptors. Uh, a little bit of both. I'm... I, at some point, I just need to pick a side with Fultz, and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go with. I think he's actually gonna be good, and I think that's gonna be a big boost to them. Um, I mean, it it feels like they had a bad offseason because they didn't get LeBron or PG. But so you, I mean, they lost their two rentals in Urson and Bellinelli, right. but they bring back JJ Redick on you know almost the same deal as last year. You know, you bring back pretty much the rest of that core, and you add Wilson Chandler, who you know, I mean, he's Wilson Chandler, but he's still right. a pretty good like rotation wing. I don't think they got any worse. The argument against that is maybe Embiid, you know, I would hope not, but falls back into the injury situation. I don't know. I, I, I just don't see any real reason for them, you know, sliding. And obviously Toronto was, was number one last year, but they have a new coach. They have a new star who played seven games last year. To me, there's just a little more – there are more variables with Toronto that I could see going wrong. I think there's a lot of variance with both teams. Uh, sure. Because, like, the Sixers are just so dependent on their two stars that – you know, if, if Embiid misses 30 games, which wouldn't surprise anyone, then I don't think they have a chance of finishing with the second-best record. But if Embiid and Simmons stay healthy all year, uh, sure, yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I like the Raptors' depth a little bit more. And, I mean, you're, it sounds like you're, like, dinging them for getting Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard's so much better. Like, if he's normal Kawhi Leonard, that's so much better than any player they've ever had. And... They also got Danny Green, who you could argue is going to help them win games just as much as DeMar DeRozan did last year. Better than any player they've ever had. This is a franchise that employed (laughs) Jamario Moon for upwards of one and a half seasons. No, I mean, those are all good points. I I guess I'm just, as I just said, that I'm confident Markel Fultz will be good. I'm not. I have not seen Kawhi Leonard play healthy basketball since May of 2017. Um, and I, and I think there's just, I mean, he's an easy guy to slide in just because he, you know, I mean, he, he has a high usage rate, but you don't really think of Kawhi as like a ball stopper. Obviously he's going to bring it on D like he's a better player than DeRozan, no doubt. But the, the Raptors have gotten progressively better and better and better these last three, four years on building this Lowry DeRozan, you know, backcourt relationship, whatever you want to call it. 
And all of a sudden now that's just scrapped and you have to fit in this new guy who nobody knows about. He doesn't talk to anybody. Your coach of the year just got fired. Like there's just a lot of moving parts. I mean, I have them third. I don't have them seventh. Yeah. The him not talking to anybody factor is one to watch for sure. Look, man. I mean, if there's, if there's a player in the league who would care about his best friend getting traded, it's Kyle Lowry. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that's going to lead to a 20. You know, they're not. They're going to lose 20 more games this year because of it. But how bold of a take is it that I think the Raptors are going to finish with a top three defense in the league? Uh sure. I mean, that seems reasonable. And if I do, I don't see them finishing outside the top 10 in offensive efficiency. So if you're Top three in defense, top ten in offense, like that just it's gonna be a lot gonna, of fluky losses on that that's team. That's gonna get you to like fifty two, fifty three, fifty four. They were fifth in defense last year, defensive rating. Yeah, and they lose Demar and they get Kawhi and Danny Green. So. What Kawhi? I mean, what does Kawhi even do on D? <laughs> um, okay, no, fine. I have, I have Toronto three again. I think it'll yeah. be close. I wouldn't I, be I shocked if they were one or two. So yeah. Okay, I mean, so there we go. We agree on that. Who do you have four? I have the Bucks four. So do I. I had Indiana at first. I thought for. You know, about a minute and a half longer, and I decided that Milwaukee is the choice. I really think the change in coaching is going to be huge. It's going to be noticeable from day it's one. It's going to be gigantic. Um, the the gulf between the the two coaches is is extreme. And while I don't really love the way they spent money uh, this off season in terms of like long term upside, I think it makes them a lot better in the short term because. Like Giannis, the amount of space he's going to have in the lane this year compared to previous years because of the fact that Ursan and Lopez can both stretch. Connaughton. Yeah, it's it's just it's going to be like night and day. He's gotten better every single year, noticeably better, and I think that that continues again. Um, they have a lot of guys that are playing the last year of their deals like chris middleton is going to be a free agent after this year i think he's going to have a, a great year um i think they just have a lot of like like eight through 12 i think their bench is better than it's ever been um so i i just think there's a lot to like with them and i i i could see the pacers regressing slightly um like they're not going to take anyone by surprise mm-hmm. this year and i think the bucks uh have a a realistic shot to get yep. to 50 wins yeah i mean i've said to you that i think this boston team is as deep as any in recent memory i mean milwaukee <clears throat> certainly doesn't have like the top end depth i mean boston's deep you know they go their top four or five are just insane then milwaukee obviously doesn't have that but the issue with the bucks the last few years has been like relying too heavily on delhi or sterling brown jason or jason jason terry playing big minutes <laughs> or you know tyler like bringing in miles Plumley and then the other Plumley, what's what's the younger one? Marshall Plumley, um, Tyler Zeller, like Plumleys. right, having Plumleys in general on the roster. Like now they they've purged all the Plumleys. You know, Brook Lopez is such a weird player in in terms of like what he gives you at that position, but he's perfect for this team. Um, no, I I mean I've playing he, Zellers like right exactly. Just get away from any white <laughs> brothers that are in the league. Just get away from them altogether. Um, I've I mean I've the Bucks most Bucks fans are. You know, unbelievably pessimistic because of how things basically have gone. People our age, you know, our entire lifetime has just been frustrating season after frustrating signing, things like that. But like, I really think everything is kind of culminating positively this year, both on the sideline and with the roster. And if Giannis can just take that one small step from like superstar to you know, what's the next MVP? year, super, like, super, super, you superstar. and I both predicted him to win right. MVP. No, exactly. Well, I mean, 
you know, there were still times last year where he, I wouldn't say he would like fade in the spotlight because that, that really wasn't the case, but like there was still something that separated him, something intangibly from, you know, Harden, LeBron, Durant, Russ, even, you know, I think he needs to get to that point where it's every single night he's looking like an MVP candidate. And I think he did that for 70% of the games last year. I think this year he'll do it for 95% of the games. All right. So I have the Pacers at five, yep. which you have, um, I've, I have the Wizards at six. Oh, same here. Of course. I don't feel great about it. Like, I feel pretty good I, I about it. I feel like it's just something about that situation. I don't know if they added a player that maybe is going to you know, mess with uh, the works or something, but like something about that situation feels extremely combustible to me. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Scott Brooks as a candidate to get be first coach fired. Like, I think they are absolutely a top six team in the East on paper, but the fact that that's possible kind of tells you the the blow up potential here uh john wall you know was last year like is that the player he is now or can he get back to the player he was before last year like i, I, I think he'll get he was hurt last year he was um, he was pretty fat last year too <laughs> i mean he was horrific on defense yes. last year yes he was uh it's more of a testament to just how bad the rest of the teams are in the East, though, for me, than yep. just how good the Wizards are. Like, I'd, I would be very surprised if they host a first-round series. Mm-hmm. So is Washington closer to you, closer to Miami, or sorry, closer to Milwaukee and Indiana than they are to, like, Miami, Detroit, Charlotte, whoever you have, 8-9? Um, they're in their own tier think, for me. Yeah, me. yeah, same. Like, I don't think they're close to either of those yep. groups, especially just on paper. Like, mm-hmm. I could see the Heat winning more games than yeah. them for sure. I just that would be an mm-hmm. embarrassment <laughs> if that happened. No, I feel. I mean, as long as we're just if we're just going to assume relative health for everybody, like I feel very confident that those first five teams will finish in the top five in some order, and probably in that. I mean, I agree. pretty confident they'll finish in that order as well. I mean, Milwaukee, Indiana, I think could go either way. Milwaukee, Indiana could go either way. I think Toronto, uh, Philly could go either way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I think it would take an injury to one of the big mm-hmm. players on those teams for that to not be the top five. Okay, so Washington six. I have Miami seven. Same. I think. I really think that top seven is pretty obvious. I think Miami just looks like a 41 and 41 yeah. team, and I think that that gets you the same. As always, they, I would be shocked if they lose more than 42 games and if they win more than 42 yeah. games. I, I would lock them in at 40 to 42 <laughs> wins. Um, and who do you have as the eight? This is just – you could you could say yeah. anybody. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm saying the Pistons. I've, the I, Duke Blue Devils. You know, I, I included the Hornets in the sucky seven, so I think mm-hmm. we know where – I stand on them. They're going to trade Kemba yeah. at some point. That's just a bad Dude. team. Uh, the Pistons are also a, a fairly bad team, but they, uh, they they have the talent to get the eight seed in the East. I, I, I think that that's uh, I think that, that that was an easy call for me. Honestly, picking them. They should raffle off the eight seed in the East for charity. Like, <laughs> just give give Boston a buy. I mean, I Detroit and Charlotte are wildly uninspiring like maybe they not wait to not watch those teams those are those teams are competing for the eight seed and the eight seed only and they're probably the teams in the league worst set up for the future like I mean, both of those teams are just in hell for the next five years could you see like the magic getting it no could you see the knicks getting it the new york knicks yeah no <laughs> okay no. i mean like, i have new york many, as my like, 14th many, best team so you have uh you have the pistons yeah um <laughs> but what Coach of the year. Like how much? How many games do you think they're going to win? Like uh, I think they're going to get the eight seed with like thirty six wins. Last year, the eight seed was Washington Wizards with forty three, 
And so we can we can punt the Cavs out of there. So that right. kind of bumps everybody up. I think I think like thirty nine wins might do it. I think thirty six or thirty seven probably does it. It's I mean that's the thing. If if if, <laughs> if you, Charlotte trades Kemba and drops out, then Detroit's competing with no one else. If like you look at the over unders, the Hornets are at thirty five and a half. <laughs> so like that. I think Detroit and Charlotte will split. If you like polled every NBA writer who's going to be the A seed, it would be like fifty fifty between those two. So people think a thirty six win team. Yeah. Ugh. It's going to be pretty bad. The, the top seven in the East is much better. The top five especially the is Celtics, much better, but the bottom... The Celtics oof. are really going to get to rest their players in round one. Do you think the Celtics will go undefeated against Detroit, Charlotte, Cleveland, Chicago, Orlando, Brooklyn, New York, Atlanta? Oh, or close like to it? Yeah, yeah. I could see them going like 18-0 against uh, those teams. I wouldn't say undefeated. I mean, it just... You'd, I'd, you'd have to see if like are any of those back-to-back. Yeah, like, you catch Karis LeVert on the right night. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah you catch tim hardaway on his yeah uh, well the thing with boston is like you can sit Kyrie and like oh we'll just play Ter- yeah. terry rosier who was great for us like, last year yeah. injuries would not affect no whether they, they didn't affect him last year games. right okay so now to the west which is infinitely more difficult who did you have at one this is actually a real question in this conference uh the warriors okay same here i think they i think they completely mail it in uh again <laughs> yeah but i think that it's still good enough <laughs> i think they'll mail it in a little bit They'll have a little bit better like luck with the mailing system, sure. and they'll win like sixty three well, games. Yeah, they had some injuries last year. Right? Like so, you know, they mailed it in, um, and they dealt with injuries. So the the perfect storm for them. To right, for the them season. to yeah to tumble to that fifty eight win <laughs> season. Just, um, so do you have Houston too? I do. Okay, same here. So we're in agreement there. Number three. I have the Jazz at three. I have the San Antonio Spurs. Wow. Yeah, Man. I do. I think the Spurs are a markedly better team than they were last year. Wow. When they won how many games? 47. And last year, 50 wins would have got you the three seed. I think it'll look a lot like that. I think they win like 51 games and they get the three. I I mean, I, yeah, I, I had them going over. Vegas only had them at uh, at 44 and a half. Yeah, that was one of our like lock of yeah, locks, right? We both locked that over yeah. in. And I, I almost think it's like a hot take like i have them finishing in the top six and i almost think that's a hot take just based on the way i've heard people talk about like how uninspired they are by that yeah. Kawhi trade but uh i'm with you like i i honestly think like demar Derozan's flaws are pretty obvious but i think the spurs are just the perfect team for those flaws to not really matter exactly and Anywhere else, the Aldridge-DeRozan combo is a nightmare. It's, the fact that they, like, LaMarcus Aldridge was by far their best player last year, and they cruised he was, to the Was playoffs. he second-team All-NBA? Yeah. I mean, he was very good, yeah. Oh, yeah. to his credit. But yeah. you're also, like, you're throwing in the LaMarcus Aldridge of shooting guards on a team that has the right. LaMarcus Aldridge of power forwards. Um, I mean, I, we're both pretty high on DeJounte Murray, I think. Uh, I think uh, Some of us higher than others, but yeah. <laughs> probably higher on DeJounte Murray. Um, yep. I mean, they just... They they're deep. All their all their players are. They got Bellinelli. <laughs> they got Bellinelli back. They needed shootings. They had yeah. like oh, they sure. had like very quietly become like a team that just didn't shoot threes. Right. I mean Bellinelli, Bertens, and Patty Bills. Yeah. And, and as much as they hate to say it, Tony Parker was not given them anything. No. Um, okay. So I I did not have the so I had the Jazz. You had the Spurs okay. at three. Um, I think the Jazz are going to win over fifty games. Um, I think. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to make an uh, all-NBA team. If they year. win 50 games, he will, yeah. And I think Rudy Gobert will as well. So that's two all-NBA players. 
Um, like I think that Donovan Mitchell takes like the leap of going from really good young player to like just all star caliber player. You know, like and I think that that's going to be huge for them. I mean, I, I, like I said, I like Ricky Rubio. I like Joe Inglis a lot. Um, Derek Favors is like a, a really nice kind of secondary big man for that that rotation. Uh, if full year of Jay Crowder. Yeah, Jay Crowder was really good after that trade too. Um, maybe, maybe not really good. Good, he was good after that. Trade. He was a slightly below average NBA player after the trade, after being a well below average <laughs> player in Cleveland. But I think he's like fits really well. Yeah, with what no, they of course. Do. Yeah, um, and then like Dante Exum's kind of a wild card. Like he doesn't even need to like take a leap for them to get to fifty healthy. wins. But like if he does take a leap, like then all of a sudden their defense just becomes mm-hmm. insane. Um, I, I really like that team. I think that yeah. I, I'm actually probably going to pick them to uh, like, I think they might give the Warriors more trouble than the Rockets in the playoffs this year. I, yeah. I, I'm I think bad. like a Houston, Utah Western semis would be an awesome series. And I hope oh, you yeah. get that. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, They're my fourth team. I, if Gobert stays healthy, which you know, I'd, after last year, you'd hope their luck would turn around with that. I I think that's an extremely defensible pick, and I do think like as we've said before, like all these teams three through, really all the way down to like eleven are going to be separated by like five games. So like when I say I think San Antonio's three and Utah's four, like that means they're probably one game difference, and it wouldn't surprise me if it went any other way. Um, who do you have at four then? I have the Thunder. At four. Okay, I have OKC at five. So. I think that they've just put together a team that has a like I would be very surprised if they don't win between 45 and 50 games. I'd be I'd honestly be surprised if they went over 50. Uh I don't know. I I'm just I'm not that interested in this team. I know a lot of people are. I've I've heard people say that they're like the biggest threat to the Warriors this year. Like I just don't see that. No, I mean, that's I, not true. I, I, like it's it's whatever. Like they're they're a good. Uh, team. Russell Westbrook doesn't give the Warriors trouble. No, 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 he does not. Uh, I mean, do you think Westbrook plays closer to what he did in 2018 or closer to what he did in 2017? Uh, I mean, I think closer to last year, right? I mean, yeah. like the difference the, like being you mellow. Don't think that it was like a. I mean, he averaged a triple-double both years. Right, but, like, his efficiency was just... Yeah. There was a big gap there. No, I think... I mean, honestly, I think bringing on Schroeder, you know, like, at least maybe, like, presents the... They've never had a backup, like, a competent backup point guard Mm -hmm. at all. It's been Raymond Felton, DJ Augustine, Samaj Christian, you know, whoever. Like, having another guard that either gives him breaks or allows him to play somewhat off-ball... I mean, we're never going to see Russell Westbrook just spotting up and running off screens for threes, but I, I think he's... At this point, after averaging two straight triple doubles, I would hope that he's a little more open to like a free flowing offense. I mean, we'll see, but I, I will expect him to play more like last year than two years ago. I'm almost assuredly going to pick them to lose in the first round. Okay, um, yeah, I think that's fair. So you had the Thunder at five. I have the Pelicans at five. Pelicans at five. Yeah. Wow. Okay, interesting. I really, really like uh, the way this team complements Anthony Davis. Um, you know, Drew Holiday was a monster in the playoffs last year. Like he's probably the best two way guard in the league. Uh and that's just just having that player plus Anthony Davis, who we both think's a top two or three MVP candidate, 
I think that gets you to you know forty eight ish wins. I think that's good for the five seed. Okay, yeah, this is our first big disagreement, and I I'm love. I have have at ten. Oh wow! Love yeah, that. I. Cool. I mean, I would, I would love for them to make it. I, Davis is one of my favorite players. I, I guess I just don't trust that Holiday can play to that level or stay healthy and play to that level that he did for the last, like, 30 games, including the playoffs of last year. Um, and again, I mean, I think they're going to miss the playoffs, um, at least in this exercise. I mean, we'll see. I think if they miss the playoffs, it'll be by two games or one game. You know, I, I don't think being the 10 seed in the West this year isn't i mean it's a bad thing but it doesn't really mean you're a normal 10 seed i mean i would pick the pelicans to finish like fourth in the east who's which team's better the pelicans or the bucks mm. Ooh, I, that'd be I really, think that'd yeah be like the funnest series ever. right yeah that, that'd be a great series <laughs> they should do a interleague play um i think the bucks by a little bit i think the bucks are a little deeper so bucks are deeper pelicans you'd take the pelicans over the pacers yeah i would too yeah best, best player in that series is I mean, Davis's head and shoulders better than Oladipo. Yeah. And Oladipo's good, but there's a big difference there. Um, so six. Six, I have the Spurs. Okay, so I have the Spurs at three. I have Denver at six. Okay. Seven. I have Denver at seven. Okay, I have the Lakers okay. at seven. I I mean, in terms of, like, overall talent, they to me, they should probably be the 10. And, you know, New Orleans maybe should be in there. But I just can't, I can't fathom a LeBron James team missing the playoffs i think they're they're some they're the six seven or the eight in the west um are you assuming they drastically improve the roster in season minimally improve it or don't really improve it at all um i, I would somewhere between minimal and drastic I, like i don't think they're gonna i don't know like what would drastic even be like, like what possible yeah, I mean that's certainly a possibility, right? Like I don't I I think that that's a pretty good bet. I think if you're the Lakers, like you feel much better about that than most rumors that fly around right this time of year. I mean, I'm I'm under 50% on them getting Kawhi. Uh they'll do something though. Like this is they yeah. they'll do something to get them in playoff contention, whether it's Kawhi or Kemba or whoever it is. I guess Butler. I'm, I'm really just not sold on them forcing it this year. I just I'm I I, I know that they they definitely could put together a team that is, is easily a top eight team in the conference on paper. Like I, th- that's easy for them to do if they make the right trades. But I just think next year they're just going to load up during free agency and they're going to keep these young pieces and then they're going to have uh, a, a much more impressive mm-hmm. roster than if they kind of force the issue this oh. year. Because I just don't see them, even if they make a like, even if they added Kawhi. I I don't even think they're better than Boston or Houston. Like after at oh Hawaii. no so no no like, no not certainly not better than Golden State. Right. Well, obviously, but no. yeah, I mean, like I I just don't see the reason to do that in season. So I actually have them out. Okay. So I 100% agree with everything you said, but I think they're the Lakers and they won't think like that. And <laughs> when they're sitting in ninth place at the deadline, they're going to panic and they're going to trade. I'm not saying they'll trade Ingram, but. They'll do something like I mean. You also have to keep in mind like the a type of player that they would add would likely be like an expiring, you know. So let's say Jimmy Butler like Minnesota is not playing well. Butler just says yeah, you know, rent me for three months. You're not gonna have to give up Brandon Ingram to get him. You know, it might be Josh Hart and a future pick, you know, something like that. Like so, that's the type of thing that I could see them doing. Um, maybe they wait on Kawhi and just sign him outright. We'll see. I mean. It, some of the some of these things. I wish we could go back to the pods we've done over the last couple of years, like the conversations we've had 
in mid-September versus ones we have in February. Someone, there is a player in the league who we're not even considering getting traded who will be on the block or be involved heavily in these rumors come February. So we'll see. I I mean, honestly, this isn't really about, I think the Lakers will do this move. That's why they're seventh. It's about they have LeBron and LeBron to some degree has the pride to just not let this team miss the playoffs like to me that would be a catastrophic failure uh, they don't have to win the finals they don't have to make the western conference finals you have to make the playoffs I don't think they would you have to make the playoffs i don't think they would casual fans don't understand how good the west is like you have to make the I'm playoffs sure casual fans would think it was a failure yes I don't think and that's what the lakers are worried about uh, i don't think so either but like, the lakers I'm don't care what at, we think i'm looking at these rosters and they don't have one of the eight best rosters to me no um, hell no and so i don't have them in i have the blazers actually at eight okay so i have the timberwolves and the lakers missing <sighs> But as you were saying that stuff about Jimmy Butler, I'm wondering, does it even make – can both of those teams both miss? Like, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I guess um, – When you have teams like Portland and New Orleans and – I think the Blazers make it just because, like, they're all kind of pushing towards the same thing. And, like, you have Damian Lillard in his absolute prime. Uh, I, I think the Timberwolves thing's pretty combustible. I don't like the way the – personality of the coach and the best player mesh at all i just don't think that that's a good recipe or the best player and the second best player <laughs> right or uh, the third best player in general I don't, I don't like the existence of the third best player <laughs> um tyus jones uh, no um but yeah I, so like the blazers blazers timberwolves lakers to me for that eight spot it's to me there's a there is a drop off like i think the first seven teams i mentioned are all like guys where I would I would need like an injury for me to like mm-hmm. see those teams missing and then the Blazers, Timberwolves and Lakers to me are in kind of their own little tier of I'm not really sure I'm just going to go with the team mm-hmm. that's done it before. I mean the Blazers were the third seed last yeah. year, so. Yep, I have Blazers 8, Minnesota 9. Those those two could be flopped. I mean, I really I think Denver is also in that category for me. I mean, they we got to remember they missed last year. They were the team that was out and I would hope, you know, getting Millsap for a full year, you know, is going to be big for them. But they, they lost a little bit of depth. You know, I don't I don't think you can really expect to get anything out of Michael Porter yeah. this year. I'm kind of expecting Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic to take big steps forward. Yeah. Not just, like, gradual steps, but, like, I think they're both mm-hmm. going to um, surprise people with how good they are. Gary Harris is a really nice third-best player to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I think that they like they know who they are. They're just a team that's going to finish top three in offense yep. probably. Um, okay, so who's your eight? Blazers. Blazers. Okay, so we both have Portland eight. Um, so your first two teams out then are like Minnesota and the Lakers. Yeah. Okay, and mine are Minnesota and New Orleans. This is crazy. Like in very realistically, either or you know at least two or three of like Carl Towns, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, LeBron James are not going to be in the playoffs next year. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, McCollum, Jokic, unbelievable. Well, and so the thing too is like we mentioned Jimmy Butler, we mentioned uh, like I mentioned CJ McCollum as like guys that could get dealt. Uh, but I don't think those teams are going to know. Like it's going to come down to like the final like yeah. ten days of the regular season. So it's not like the Timberwolves are going to look up and in like february and be like oh i guess we're not gonna make it like they're gonna yeah well it would take it would have to take a catastrophic right. first few months to for one of those teams to be in that spot for sure we did not even touch on dallas and memphis two teams that have like openly stated that they want to contend like <laughs> i mean they're they're just not going to they have in normal years i, I mean like both of those teams a lot more than i like the heat or the yeah Pistons. yeah dallas and memphis would be my seven and eight in yeah, the east same. pretty easily yep. 
very easily, right? I mean, Mem- <laughs> Memphis is so much better than Detroit, yeah. and I have Memphis as my 12th best team in the West. Yeah, I mean, I would probably have Memphis ahead of Dallas just because if you get a JB. Yeah, Bickerstaff versus Carlisle. Yeah, I mean, you should tag the podcast with that. Like, tune in to hear a, a dark horse for first coach fire. Uh, so we haven't even talked about the legend yet. The legend, Hazonia. <laughs> no, the the beast. Oh, the beast. <laughs> the legend. I don't know what I'm talking about. The beast. That's of course you didn't know who I was talking about. <laughs> the beast. Um, one of our favorite. We like to show each other basketball reference nicknames, and uh, Mario Hazonia. First nickname on Basketball Reference, the Beast. So. How many people, if you were talking about, like, if you if you were just having a conversation, even if you were having a Magic specific conversation, I know he's on the Knicks now, but if you said to someone, "Yeah, the Magic just weren't as good as I thought last year. The Beast just did not have the year that or, I thought he would." Like a like a European prospect, of right? Aficionado. It reminds me of the Beast. Does anyone, does anyone call him that? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.